Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. Since I began this podcast, I've connected with, oh, and when I say connected with, you know I mean virtually. I feel like I'm on an island by myself sometime, but I have connected with so many interesting people virtually. Now, we haven't, as I said, met face-to-face, but whenever I meet people, especially interesting people, I think to myself, Wow, I hope I can get him or her to be a guest on my podcast. Now, you know the purpose of this podcast is to give people information that they might not otherwise have or might not otherwise be able to afford to obtain. So your employment matters with Beverly Williams. And employment matters can be different things to different people. Some people are, as one of my friends says, wage earners and proud to be so. They work from nine to five or however long it takes on a daily basis. They get a paycheck. They like that. Other people are business people, entrepreneurs. They do their own thing. They have their own business. Now, Ephraim Reed is one of those interesting individuals I met recently, and he's my guest today. Ephraim is an entrepreneur. So he has a different perspective on employment that I think would be of interest to listeners. Welcome, Ephraim. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Beverly, for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on your show and just give my perspective on on this topic. Well, now, Ephraim and I met several weeks ago on a virtual meeting. As I said, it was a virtual meeting of the Dooley Leadership Experience, an organization spearheaded by Linda Dooley, who's a philanthropist and a businesswoman and entrepreneur herself. And let me just tell you what the Dooley Leadership Experience does. It's an organization that develops rising leaders, people who aspire to lead nonprofits, corporations, whatever the entity is, they aspire to be leaders. And Linda Dooley has created an organization that supports their efforts and develops them so that they can achieve their stated goals to the benefit of themselves, their communities, and their families. Now, Ephraim, as I understand it, when we met, you were on that call because you you wanted to support the speaker that day, 
who is the family member. Do I have that correct? Yes, that's actually my uncle. We're the same in age and <laughs> he's getting into a lot of uh, motivation speaking right now. So I wanted to show my support, uh, be there for him. Now your uncle is Lou Alexander. And for listeners, Lou is going, has done a podcast himself. So you'll be hearing from him at some point. If you tune in, hopefully you're subscribing to the podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Please give me your feedback. B.A. Williams at youremploymentmatters.com. I'm interested in providing content that's helpful. And if you have any suggestions, I'm definitely open to that. Now, Ephraim, please, for our listeners, share your employment journey with, with them so that they know what your background is and where you are in your journey now. My employment journey started really as a kid because I always been ready to just go after whatever it is I wanted. And what I mean by that is I started off just selling candy. <laughs> that was my first ever job. I started off selling candy and to be honest like my family really didn't have much so for me that was huge. But what that did for me, it just gave me a lot of confidence in myself to where now when I became an adult, like at 18 years old, I was confident to walk into a space. Sometimes I didn't even know <laughs> what I was doing in that space. To give an example, one of my favorite jobs that I actually had in a corporation setting is it's a tech company that I worked for. It was called Redgate Software, an amazing company. But after I got into that company, I realized that, you know what, working for someone isn't for me. I'm an entrepreneur. And from that day, that's when I walked away from that. And now I'm in business. Um, and I've been in business for the last 10 years of my life. To give a little bit of background about myself, I owned three companies. I'm on my third now. Um, I sold the last two. But um, yes, that's that's pretty much my experience in in the past 10 years of just being employed and just having some type of career going. So you knew at a young age that you didn't want to work for someone else. How did you prepare yourself to take that step into entrepreneur entrepreneurship? You know what? I I agree with a lot of entrepreneurs when they say a leap of faith is is the key because I, I my back was against the wall so much to the point that I I didn't have nowhere to go but up. You know, it didn't matter if I got a job at McDonald's. It didn't matter if I got a job shining shoes. I was willing to do everything to get out of the circumstance I was in. So what that did, that just made me become creative. And that's when I, I think I made the best decision of my life. And that was to get into real estate. But the, the decision that was so difficult is, should I do real estate in Hawthorne or Santa Monica? And people that live in California, they understand those are very two different demographics and two different type of places. You're going to Santa Monica, you're going to be selling million dollar homes. Hawthorne at that time, you're going to be around three to 400,000, which is a huge difference when it comes to pay cut. So I decided to go to Santa Monica because I said, you know what, if I want to be the best, Let's go out there where the best best is. And what that made me do is I had to relearn everything. I didn't have no friends there. I didn't have no family there. I didn't know nothing there. So I had to go out and meet people every single day 
and just insert myself into the atmosphere and into the community. And when I did that, you know, success started to roll and it changed and shaped who who I become as a businessman. So I I, I credit, you know, um, that journey to, you know, Keller Williams out in Santa Monica. So now I know in real estate relationships are important. So by insinuating yourself into the neighborhood, the community, you made you establish relationships so that they would know you and want to do business with you. Is that correct? Yes, that's that's definitely correct. Um and the way I did that is like for example, if I would meet someone at, you know, a networking event, um I I didn't give my business cards to everyone. My goal was always to leave with one person that I knew I could do business with, either now or later on. I, I didn't care about the numbers game. I just wanted that one person. And when when I find that one person, I make sure I insert myself into their life. Meaning, as soon as I leave that day, you know, I go back, I send them a text message at the end of the day. Hey, it was a pleasure meeting you. And I'm so glad to connect. And then the next day, I'll send an email. And then during that week, they'll get an entire mailer from me with, you know, some recommendation letters and and just um, steps to create referrals and synergy between each other. So that's how I would build my relationships with others. And it became a service based where, hey, I know this person and hey, I know that person. So we can create wealth together. And that's what really helped. How did you know to nurture the relationship that way? You know, most people, if, they, if they're if they at a networking event and they meet five people, they follow up with five people. How did you know that you should focus on one and connect with them regularly on, the, on a daily basis in a different format? That is creative. I mean, that works. I know that works. But do you know how long it took me to realize that that kind of approach works better than, you know, throwing everything at, you know, the same thing at all people? I'm just curious. Well, because I realized that in sales, everybody wants something. Most people, it turns everyone off. When they see a salesperson, they see any person in sales and they're like, hey, I'm selling a product. I'm selling a service. Most people get turned off. And the, and the product and service can fit into their life and they actually need it. They just get turned off because they feel like somebody is trying to get something from them. Just like in the car business, most people like, they're like, you know what? This is not a sexy job. So I do not like car salesmen. But the problem is, is because most car salesmen go to them just to sell. They don't go there to understand who the person is and figure out why. They need this product. What they need the product for is this uh, husband and wife. Do they have kids? Like they don't understand like how to pivot and really understand that person's entire dynamic. So, with that said, I just I just thought about it one day. You know what? I don't want to meet everyone. I want to meet the one. And you only need one person to change your life. You don't need hundreds and thousands. You don't need hundreds of thousands. You don't need anyone. And so I went into every networking event with that mindset. Hey, I only need one person. I'm not giving my business card to everyone. 
this is for selective individuals that is very serious about their occupation. I don't know. It just clicked one day that, hey, I want to build lifelong relationships, not just transactions. And that's how it shaped me. I like that, Ephraim. I like that. But the other thing I picked up from what you said is that you set goals for yourself. You oh, yes. You weren't just flying by the seat of your pants. You had you had thought about it and you set goals for yourself. That's important. That's very, very important. And just to touch on the goals, like when, when I write a goal, I don't write it and forget it. You know, I, I don't know where people get that idea of not viewing the goal. Like when I think about a goal, I want to become the goal, meaning I want to internalize that goal so much that I can recite the goal wherever I am. And sometimes, hey, you might have different goals for the day, you know, and, and goals are obviously meant to change. But when you internalize those goals, you never forget what you should be doing that day. So I'll, I will take a look at my goals in the morning, midday, and the night, because I want to remind myself where I'm going. So. On this journey that you're on, and we're going to talk about your businesses before we end our conversation, but just tell me your journey so far. What have you learned? I think my biggest lesson is patience. Pace. In the world we live in, we feel like everything is coming at us so fast that we need to be reactive. Sometimes you just need to sit down and just, you know, digest the information and just digest your business as a whole. And that's when you have the best ideas. And don't be afraid to ask others. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't know. I just honestly don't know. And I know for me, that's how I became humbled very well, because before it was all about just transactions for me. When I got into real estate, it was about the transactions and like, hey, I'm moving at, at this hustler pace and this hustler mentality, and I want to get X amount of dollars. Today, as I'm a lot older, it's more about, hey, if I can create significant relationships and continue to service people and change people's lives, the reward is not the money. The reward is honestly the change that I help someone change their life. The money is just a bonus now. So I think that's one of my biggest accomplishments is just being able to be patient and just being able to actually service others. Well, that's an important lesson and, and good that you learned it so young. It took me much, 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 many, many, many years longer to realize that patience is not only a virtue, it's necessary. Correct. I have not been a patient person. I'm not really about immediate gratification, but if it takes too long, I'm not happy. And if I'm not happy, it doesn't go well. <laughs> it just doesn't go well. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Patience is absolutely necessary. But I also agree with you, and I'm, I'm really on the same page. If you don't know, it's okay to say you don't know. I also believe on some level that you should fake it until you make it. But there's a difference between acknowledging that you don't have information or you don't know how to do something that, if you fake it, could cause somebody some damage. So you have to judge when it's okay to fake it till you make it. You can go into a five-star restaurant if you've never been to one before 
and fake which fork to use. Correct. But you don't want to fake it till you make it if you're saying that you're a doctor and you're not. You could kill someone. Exactly. But you understand what I'm saying. So you just have to you have to use your judgment. But I agree with you. I have no problem saying I don't know something. Yeah. And if I should know what they're asking me, I'm always willing to because I you know, I teach, I do presentations about employment and careers. And I tell people from the beginning, okay, listen, I don't know everything. If you ask me a question and I can't answer it, I'll do my best to find the answer for you. And if I can't find the answer for you, I'll come back and tell you that too. But I think sometimes people are embarrassed if they're asked Mm -hmm. a question and they don't know. But you're right. It's okay. It's better than okay. It's almost essential that you be able to acknowledge your knowledge deficiency and just say, I don't know. Yes, because it ultimately helps with trust. True. A lot of times people just want real people to talk to. They don't want no one to try to swindle them with fancy words and all of that stuff. That stuff is just fluff. A great rule of thumb that I loved about the tech industry, they have this rule of thumb. If you don't know, you need to say it because people are so intelligent and their knowledge base is so in-depth. They're going to pin you into a corner and you're going to lose the transaction. So it is forbidden to tell someone you know something and you don't. So, yeah. Yeah, that good lesson. And see, that's the other thing. It seems to me, Ephraim, that you've acquired knowledge and skills, each and even the candy, even in the candy business when you were a kid, there were lessons that you learned there that you brought carried over into your your growth your growth as a person as you aged you held on to the knowledge and information that you acquired along the way everyone doesn't do that i don't think everyone recognizes the benefit of their journey what they should take away from the journey because we learn when we make mistakes you know you make a mistake you just don't want to do it again. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, so true. That, that's a teachable moment. You learn from that. It is. like I, For me, like my mom wanted me to go into the medical field. And for me, that just didn't resonate with me because I always felt like I never really wanted to leave my financial well-being into someone else's hands. Even if I did go that route, I would have found a way to create wealth on the side of what I'm doing if I'm a part of a corporation. But that was my fear in life, you know, not being able to say, you know, here, mom, it's is your time for you to retire and you, to retire, excuse me, and you don't have as much, but here I, I, I got it. You know, I didn't want to get pinned into that corner that I just talked about, you know, um, in the tech business. So, my whole focus when when I was back as a kid, it it created this sense of awareness when I was selling candy. It, it, it made me aware of what people like, how people want to feel. And, you know, it, it made me be able to express me in a way, you know. So I think that carried on in, in my life over time. And now it just... It's just a sharpened tool to where like, okay, now I understand 
the psychology behind how people think and and how people feel, you know, and what they're going through. You know, so many times people want to sell others certain things and it's like, hey, they're going through something so specific that fits an entirely different product. Doesn't even fit that product. You know, how much how much stuff we have in our homes that we just bought just because it was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> right? There's a lot of impulse buying. I mean, you know, I've got a house full of stuff that, you know, when I when I finish these projects I'm working on, I'm going to get rid of. A lot of it's going to go because it doesn't I don't need it. I don't need exactly. it. Exactly. I have things I've come across since the pandemic and since I've been home so much, I've come across stuff I didn't even remember I bought. I'm like, yeah, wow. Yeah. I didn't use it, but you know, it's like it, we need to become to your point. We need to focus more on what we can do for other people, even in an employment context. You're absolutely right, right. because people like, people like to focus on themselves. But if you're out looking for a job, or if you have your own job and you're offering us, you have your own business and you're offering a service, you need to focus on what you can do for the person who's going to make the decision whether to use your services or whether to hire you. Correct. So, and I like to create win-wins. Like I'm asking people to do some things for me and I like to create a situation where I'm doing something for them too. Correct. Because, you know, people like, to your point, People don't like to be sold a whole lot of stuff. You know, it's like they feel like you're not out to get them, but you're selling them a bill of goods. You're not being authentic. It's really just a pitch to you as opposed to being Mm -hmm. genuinely interested in what my needs are and how I should go about accomplishing whatever goal I have that meets those needs, if you understand what I'm saying. But I like that you focus on other people as opposed to focusing on you trying to make money. Correct. Because people have everything you want. They might have knowledge that you needed that day. You might not have made any money, but you made progress. You conquered fears that you had for the day. I don't know if you know this, but I was married at a, at a young age. I had a daughter at a young age. One of my sayings to her is like, hey, people have everything you want in life. Go get it. And I, and I say that because I want her to get rid of the fear of speaking to others. Just regular. Just speak. It's okay. You're, you're going to live after that and you're going to be happy. They're going to go back and be happy and just be comfortable with being in front of others. You know, that, and, and those small things have, have kept me through this entire time. It's strange that you should say that because the next question I was going to ask you was, you seem to be an outgoing person, but a lot of times networking requires people to step outside their comfort zones and to talk to strangers. And not only may it be contrary to our personality, but we're not socialized to, to talk to strangers. As children, we're, we're cautioned against speaking to strangers. So we're not used to doing it. But to your point, you really do have to speak up and speak out because Uh people can't help you if they don't know that you need something from them or that there's a way that they could help you. If people know you, 
and they care about you, they like you, they're probably willing to help you, but they don't know how. They don't know what you need unless you tell them. And that's so true. That's the importance of communication. You know, so many people are afraid to communicate. You know, I have friends that are introverted and I have friends that are extrovert. A lot of my introvert friends are very, very intelligent and they actually can speak very well. Of course, they just don't want to be put in that position majority of the time. But like I said, just find one person. You only need one. You only need one. That's it. And that is always my goal. Hey, I just need one inch by inch makes it cinch inch by inch. And that's how I look at things. Like I'm not trying to make this massive leap. No, I'm just trying to go inch by inch because eventually I'll get to my place where I feel like I need to be. It's really true. But I was in a, a writer's group as I was writing my first book and someone recommended that I do that. Starting out, when I started writing, They call it hubris. You think you know things that you don't really know. You think you're better at doing things than you are. But it's a sense of I've always had a certain level of confidence. So I've never been hesitant to speak up. I've never been hesitant to step out and do what I wanted to do. Fortunately, my father instilled in me that I could do anything I put my mind to if I was willing to work at it. So I went to this writer's group and after the group, you know, during this, during the session, you read what you're, what you're writing. And mm-hmm. so I was reading from my first book, which was also a career advice book. And after the session was over, I was getting ready to leave and in a hurry to get home. And this, a woman came up to me and she said, she asked me, she said, can you help me? <laughs> now you need to, you need to understand. I'm not what you would call a really friendly person. But being on the journey that I've been on since writing the book and wanting to get to understand what people are going through, I have opened up more. And I looked at her, I said, well, what do you need? You know, and she says, nobody will help me find this job. I need a job. She was a young Indian woman. And I said, well, you know, how could I say no to her? When I had just read an excerpt from my book and it was about career advice. So I'm like, okay, listen, here's my email address. Send me your resume. And I told her what I thought she should do. And I sent her some links that I thought, cause my book wasn't, wasn't ready. Right. You do not believe the woman did everything I told her to do. And she practiced in front of a mirror. Oh, wow. And plus, but let me just say this. She had skills. She was a CPA, but she was a CPA. She was a certified public accountant licensed in another state. And she had not acquired her certification in her license in New York and uh, New Jersey. But she interviewed with those people. They were so impressed. They offered her a higher level job than she was applying for. Oh, wow. And I I needed that. She needed the job, but I needed, I needed to know that I could do what I thought I had been called to do, that I could help people with their employment situations and I could help change the way they think about employment. And, you know, after she got the job and, and, you know, she, she invited me to her, she and her husband took me out to, to lunch. They invited me to dinner. She was so grateful. 
because no one would help her. And the truth was, they probably didn't know how to help her. You just can't ask someone who is, say, a physician to look at your resume if you're a CPA and tailor your resume or edit your resume so that it will cast you in the most favorable light so that you're likely to get at least an interview. If you don't have people in your circle that can give you the support, that kind of support, then you have to go outside your circle. And that means you have to do what she did. You have to ask strangers for help. And that's important, but everybody doesn't do that. Everybody doesn't think they need to do that. But networking is important. It's critical. That's how people get jobs. Yes, it's very much critical. And, And just to like touch on her, you know, fearless need. You know, it it takes a lot of guts to literally go up to others and just ask for help, you know, and, and, and that's that humble thing that I'm talking about. Like, Hey, just be authentic. It's okay. You know, that you're in a specific space and you see this other person in this space that you think you should be in. And a lot of times, you know, most people wouldn't ask, you know, people see me all the time and they know what I do, but they, they, they don't even ask. And I, I'm willing to give other people the information and the knowledge on how to scale a company for free. Yeah. Like I, I give out so much information for free. You know, it's only a select few that really ask. And one of those people is uh, Louis Zell that we were talking about, Lou Alexander, uh, my uncle. He's one. And one of my friends, that's it. Everyone else, they they really don't ask. But I also believe that if you give willingly, you will it will come back to you. Nothing can come to you if you have a clenched fist. You keep your hand open, you give generously, and it will come back to you a hundredfold. That's the way I look at it. And you know, I'm not I'm 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 almost well. I'm five nine, five ten, and in heels, I'm over six feet. I'm not someone that you, people are likely to approach. You know what I'm saying? It's like, was right. she, and and this was a little lady. This was a little lady, but she was. I could. T- I I heard her frustration, and I know that there are others out there right now who are afraid because of the economy that they're not going to be able to take care of their their families. And their children, and they're worried about their children falling behind academically, educationally, because it's not safe for them to go into schools. And they're not learning as much as they, they should be learning remotely. So they've got a lot of angst, a lot of concerns. And, and I, I, I just, my heart aches and breaks for them, but I want them to, you know, to realize that they have to be proactive. They have to get out there and hustle. They have to hustle like you, like you mentioned early on. They got to hustle. It's about a hustle. You ask anybody you meet if they can help you find a job. Well, but you got to be prepared to tell them what you want. Practice what your pitch is, you know, and if your pitch is longer than 60 to 90 seconds, it's too long. Yeah. That's and definitely you, can't too long. House, you can't leave the house looking bad. 
because if you you might look bad and run into somebody that can do something for you. You've got if you're looking for a job, you've got to always be out there in appearance so that it doesn't scare anybody and it doesn't make anybody that think that, oh no, she's not ready or he's not ready for prime time. I can't do that. You know, you've got to look the part. You've got to look like, as I say to my friends, you got to look like you have some sense and be able to sound like you got some. Yeah, you ain't got correct. the sharp knife in the drawer, but you, you cannot be boo-boo the fool. You no. have got to present yourself in a way that a person to make a person want to help you. It's that simple. And you never know who's looking at you, who's watching you, who hears what you're saying and how you're saying it. It's important. And that's so um, cor- correct. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. You know, in, in this time, it's it's a trying time for many, many people for many reasons. Maybe just, you know, someone maybe got sick in their family. Maybe, you know, it, it, it's so many scenarios that you could come across. But also, this is a time where people are being pushed into a corner so far that that's when you lose fear because that's when survival comes in. And yeah. when survival kicks in, that's yeah. when we become the most bold. And we start to take these leaps of faith. And, you know, so it's like this time, I don't like the fact that people are getting sick and people are passing away. But I do like the fact that people get pushed in a corner to make them come out of that. You know, because if, if everything just runs smoothly all the time, there's no adversity whatsoever. You know, people are going to be content with where they are, what they're doing and how they're doing it. And this time, you know, it's a lot of people that's becoming entrepreneurs. They are expanding their businesses and things of that nature. So I I just want to just encourage people to when fate hits, hey, take a step back and just reevaluate life and then say, hey, I want this and just go at it every single day you know even even with with my daughter she's homeschooled so i have to build a structure around that so my goal every day is to say okay well from this time to this time she's doing x y and z and this is our time to spend and this is my time to spend by myself and this is her time to spend by herself and and it makes the load easier for myself so i can continue to get work done that i need to get done and also we both have enough free time to ourselves and enough work to continue progressing forward. So um, I'm thankful for the time, but I'm also saddened by what's happening to a lot of people out here. Absolutely. But you're right. Structure is important. And a lot of times, if you're not organized, if you're not an organized person, structure is going to be maybe difficult for you in this time. You know, there's no structure. There's no one imposing. There's no employer imposing structure on you the way it used to be done. I mean, if you were in a a building somewhere and there was a supervisor around, there's a certain level of understanding that you have that you have to do certain things at a certain time. But when you're at home, it's easier to deviate from that. But one of the things I would caution, because you're right, this is a time when people, desperation may set in. But before you become 
too overwhelmed and desperation overtakes you, don't make any precipitous decisions that can land you in trouble. If you find that you're not going to be able to feed your family, keep a roof over your head, holler out for help somewhere. Don't do anything that's going to take you away from your family or cause any problems because it doesn't have to be like that. There are people out there who are willing to help. You just have to ask for it. I'm definitely willing to help. And, you know, at the end of this podcast, I'll leave my information to uh, you, Beverly, that you can give it out to whomever may need some help or just some little tips on how they can advance their careers and in, in, in their life and, and how they can build structures around that, which I give a lot of tips on my Instagram about that as well. Before we conclude, why don't you just take a few minutes to tell us about your latest endeavor and what you're doing? Okay. At the moment. People can reach out to you. Awesome. At the moment, um, I have a consulting firm, a business consulting firm. And what I do is I help beginning entrepreneurs and mid-level entrepreneurs or business owners scale from where they are, from anywhere from building structure to building a strategy, to creating the mind frame, to converting on their sales or whatever they're trying to convert upon. And then also you can reach me at Instagram. I am Ephraim Reed, which is Ephraim is spelled E F R. E M and then read R E D. And then you can reach me at also at my website, erjconsultant.com. And majority of the time you can get me book a 15 minute call, which is free. And I'll give you any questions you guys want to know and ask, and you got it for those 15 minutes. That's great. And that's very generous of you. I want people to know how they can move forward because it, it may be an uphill climb, but it's it's worth the climb. You know, it is worth the climb. Miley Cyrus's song, The Climb, I love it. You have to climb. It's not flat all the time, to your point. It's not smooth and uneventful. These are rough trying times. And if you if anybody who needs help you know, we, we want to connect so that we can get you the help you, you need. We can, we can find it. I, you know, we do the best. This is my contribution. And, uh, people like you, Ephraim, that give of your time to record this podcast, I so appreciate it. Yeah, now, that's, do you all, have, that's no problem. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to our, our listeners? To all the listeners out there, ones that are looking to become business owners and others that are looking to advance themselves in their career. Whatever career you're going for, submerge yourself into the space. Seek the information and continue to become knowledgeable about that space. But don't get paralyzed by the fear of being in the space. You know what I mean? Like think big, but don't allow your thoughts of thinking big paralyze you from moving forward. And that goes for someone that's looking for a job and someone that is looking to create a business. Believe in yourself wholeheartedly, and I guarantee you, you will make things happen for you, your family, and everyone that is around you. Because remember, if you're successful, everything around you is successful by default. Always think of that. 
So thank you so much, Ephraim. I've, I've so enjoyed this. I really appreciate you taking the time. No problem. It was my pleasure. It was fun to do this. I hope everyone got great value out of this podcast. And maybe one day I'll be back and we could do it again. Oh, I hope I plan to call on you again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.